Welcome to Basement Billionaire, where we talk to entrepreneurs, musicians, and creators who work to take their ideas from the basement to the boardroom. We talk about their highs and lows to help you on your path of achieving your dreams and goals. Now, here's your host, Mel, Melman Mendoza. Welcome to Basement Billionaire. I'm your host, as always, Mel Mendoza. Of course, Basement Billionaire brought to you by web design company Paradynamics.com. If you're a company or institution needing a professional developed and maintained website, give Paradynamics.com a call, 866-280-2237. Again, that's Paradynamics.com, P-A-R-A-D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-S.com, or 866-280-2237. Uh, they do some great work in the web design and maintenance field for large companies. Uh, again, I'm your host, Mel Mendoza, and today's interview and this episode is actually one of the most serious ones we're ever going to do. Um, I've been wanting to talk to this gentleman for quite a while, especially with a lot of things that have been going on uh, in the business world. Of course, Basement Billionaire talks about Someone taking a talent or an idea, uh, in figuratively speaking, from their basement or garage and working on it till they achieve their goal and hit their dream. And and for many folks, it that dream comes with a lot of fame, notoriety, um, and income or revenue or or what have you. And what we're finding out right now is that once people hit those pinnacles. That doesn't guarantee happiness, and uh, uh, a lot of things have been happening in the world of business uh, in many ways, and we're going to discuss that, but I'm going to uh, talk with today an interview uh, on a very serious note, and that's why we had our our uh, spot, our commercial spot in the beginning, because there's, no, there's not going to be an interruption on this uh, episode today, uh, because I just feel it's so, so important. We have today Scott Davison. Scott Davison, I've actually known Scott for, well, since, I don't know, 2000, when has it been, 2001? Easily. Or, 2000, or even earlier than that, <laughs> since, since uh, the 1990s, yes, yeah, so since the, uh, the uh, Bush era, uh, Bush administration, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and that's not, that's not W, that's like pre-W, yeah. so like, or, well, I don't know, no, actually... The Clinton administration, probably. So anyway, but uh, today's interview is with Scott Davison. Uh, Scott's a 19-year corporate executive with Enterprise Holdings. Uh, am I correct on that? Yes. You've been with them for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, he's taken full advantage of the great opportunity with that company to climb the ranks of that company and to do great things now uh, there uh, in the upper management directorship uh, in the state of West Virginia for Enterprise Holdings. Uh, I know they're very proud of uh, his work and what he does for their company. Scott's also a suicide prevention advocate for almost 20 years. 20 years he's been a suicide prevention advocate uh, due to uh, a suicide in his own family. Um, wow, you know what? We we actually had to deal with the suicide of someone that we both used to work with, right? I mean, from, from the office there when when he was going through some... Uh, some mental challenges and struggles emotionally and things of that nature. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk to Scott about that uh, here in a short bit. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show, uh, Scott. 
Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity and, and I appreciate your passion and desire to be able to share this with your listeners. So thanks for having me. Scott, I want to read you some statistics I looked up in pre- preparation for this show. So we, uh, we've had, well, one of the ones in Basement Billionaire, because we're kind of tech related sometimes, there was a gentleman by the name of Aaron Schwartz. He was the co-founder of Reddit. And this is one of the preve- uh, suicides that, that, uh, that, came to fruition that kind of kind of surprised a lot of people in the entrepreneur slash startup tech world. And Schwartz, uh, at a young age, only in his 30s, he was the co-founder of Reddit. Reddit has a value uh, today of $1.8 billion. Co-founder of Reddit committed suicide. And then we have uh, someone by the name of, oh, I don't know, Anthony Bourdain, very well-known, yes. very well-known uh, chef, but more than just a chef, uh, uh, personality, um, celebrity, uh, doing great interviews, some introspective thoughts of food from around the world and the people from around the world. Uh, well-known not only in the uh, in the chef world, but uh, in the food world, but also in the mixed martial arts world, very good friends with the Gracie family, which is uh, the historical family from mixed martial arts. Um, when he passed away, he had a net value, net worth of over uh, close to twenty million dollars. Um, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, of course, everyone knows who Robin Williams is, either from his early days in TV. Uh, movies, Oscar winner, Oscar winner. Yeah. He 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 got the golden crown in in, in acting. Uh, one of the probably the Hall of Fame of comedy uh, as well. Uh, his net worth when he passed away from suicide was a hundred million dollars. He was a very versatile actor too. He could he could do a number of roles. He was successful in comedy. He was successful in dramas. He could play about any kind of role. He was convincingly a re- Renaissance man. Could do just about everything. Yeah. Um, the big one that surprised a lot of people, Kate Spade. Yeah, Kate Spade's empire. She founded a, and I've unfortunately bought my wife a Kate Spade bag. They're expensive. Yeah, absolutely. they're expensive. <laughs> they're extremely. Ex- I went to a Kate Spade store and I, and after I bought this for my wife for Christmas, I actually had no money to put in that purse. <laughs> I mean, I really did. Kate Spade's empire when she passed away was valued at 2.4 billion dollars. Amazing. Okay, so these are all people that have re- reached upper echelons in business. Mm-hmm. But just recently, a even even in the aspects of religion or faith, mega church pastor Andrew Stockling, okay? Now, in the world of churches, if if you've been labeled the preacher, the minister, or pastor of something called a mega church. There's churches of there's churches everywhere, but mega church is kind of a title. And Scott's kind of familiar with this term, mega church. It's usually anywhere from you typically over seventy five hundred people mm-hmm. are. I would say that. Do you think that's fair? Yes, especially in California. Yes. I wouldn't doubt if if his church, if it was labeled a mega church, was over ten thousand members, which is which is normal. But Andrew Stockling, a the senior minister of a church that preaches something about, you know, faith 
and and the sanctity of life and things of that nature. Even he fell into the pressure of of things in his life that he took his own life. Mm-hmm. So, Scott, what's going on? What's what what what's happening? What? And then I saw a statistic. Correct me if I'm wrong. That suicides are actually going up. I yeah. mean, the the thirty percent increase. Yeah. Now. 5% increase is unacceptable. Right. You know, 30% increase is an epidemic in my opinion. That's 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 huge. 30% increase in suicides across the nation. Why first of all, I don't even know where to begin with this because I'm so out of my realm with this. But suicide. So suicide is someone taking their life, correct? Yes. Okay. What's 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 going on? What Tell first of all, let's 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 go back. What draws you to being this being so important to you is that you had a suicide in your own family. Can you kind of tell us where this started with you and why you've been an advocate for suicide prevention for so long? Yeah, thanks. My my uh, my introduction, for lack of a better word, to to the impact that suicide can make. Uh, took place in 1994 when my brother Brandon, who was 19, took his life. Um, it was something that I didn't see coming, and, and that's something that you often hear people say, I had no idea, I didn't see this coming, and, and I would fit into that as well. Um, so in 1994, my brother Brandon took his life at the age of 19. <clears throat> For a while, I, I I believed that all I could do was miss him and, and wonder what I could have done better, and, and then I began to find out more about how I could use my pain and what I went through to be able to help other people find hope. Um, through that, eventually, I, I, I came uh, into the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and became an advocate there. And I think just to address what you're talking about, Mel, the first thing we have to do is we have to take away the stigma that comes with suicide. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for mental health. And that's one of the things that we do at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. This month is National Suicide Prevention Month. This afternoon, I'll be taking part in in an out-of-the-darkness walk here in Parkersburg, West Virginia, that's designed to raise money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. What we do through that is is that money goes towards resources and programs that help people that are coping uh, with a loss from suicide and also those that are struggling with mental health. Um, we're able to take these funds and we're able to meet with legislators and elected officials and we're able to push for programs that promote mental health. But Mel, the first thing that we have to do is we have to get rid of the stigma that comes with suicide and mental health issues and say this, it's okay to not be okay. And mental health and, and suicide it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know uh, class. When you start mentioning uh, some of these folks in the business world that made such a high impact, you talk about a mega church pastor, and I'm still thinking the last year about Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park and Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. I mean, this, it just seems to have become all the more prevalent in society today. And I think that the first thing that we're going to have to do if we're going to move forward on finding a solution to this and giving people hope is removing stigmas and and letting people know it's okay to not be okay. When you think about somebody that's a pastor, yeah, they lead a a flock, they lead a group of people, but they have challenges and they have things that, that are going on in their life that are impacting their mental health as well. Who do they go to when they don't feel okay? And that's what we're here to do. The the first thing we have to do is we have to talk to each other, and we have to let each other know when we're not okay. I think that's one of the first steps that we have to take. What, you know, 
I think what's what's interesting about you know any suicide, let alone the ones that that have come in public of of famous uh, the famous folks or people that are known for in music, in uh, in business, uh, and what have you in inter- entertainment, is that it's such a it's such a big surprise. Yeah. What for 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 us out there, let's let's look at it from an aspect. If what are signs that we can look for in the people around us that that could be signs that we should keep on on our radar that that they may have mental health issues or challenges that may make them consider suicide. I think a lot of times what you'll notice in in some people, and it isn't a rule for everybody, but a lot of times what I've found is if you start cutting yourself off from people and maybe not not talking as much and and kind of keeping things inside, uh, it could be something like um, that that you start finding, trying to find an outlet through substance abuse, maybe alcohol, drugs. uh, Maybe that's how your that's what your coping mechanism is. There's a lot of different things to that. I mean, I definitely want to hit some things with you that I think are very relevant to the business world. You know, when we talk about entrepreneurs and we talk about people in business, you know, what we call success um, doesn't mean that those people don't struggle. And when I look at folks in the business world, one of the things that I think about is the fact that a lot of times they get so wrapped up and put so much pressure on themselves to be successful that while that's great in helping them drive performance, it can also contribute to burnout and depression that they feel. Um, sometimes we tend to get so wrapped up in what we do that we believe what we do defines who we are. We're not defined by what we do. My, my career with Enterprise Holdings, that's not who I am. That's what I do. So if I have a great month, that's wonderful. But if I have a challenging month, that doesn't define who I am as a person. And I think we've got to start looking at those things too, or the people that are putting pressure on themselves. I think what we have to do, and, and I think some of this goes to social media too, Mel, is is social media is beautiful in that the, the connectivity that it brings, but if we're not careful, it can dehumanize people as well, and we're not listening to each other as much. Sometimes we're just we're we're talking to be heard, but we're not listening to what other people are going through. And and I would encourage your listeners to think about that when they interact with other people. Um, to listen more, to engage people in conversations, to ask them how they're feeling, to ask them what's going on in their lives. We all get so busy that some, that life can get in the way, but we have to listen to each other. And, and I feel like at times we've gotten away from that, having that discourse with one another. So if we notice that that we have a friend or a colleague that is beginning to distance themselves and and we also recognize that not only they're distancing themselves, but signs of, of uh, you know, I've I've had this where where friends have kind of distanced themselves, but also began drinking uh, pretty excessively um, on top of um, you know maybe other things. That's that's all I know that they've been doing, but you know they may have been doing other things for for coping. What? As as some as a person that loves these folks or cares about these people, what what can we what can we do if we start seeing these signs? I think what we need to do first of all is 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 listen to what they're going through. 
let them talk and let them talk through what they're feeling. And, and once they've done this with you, then share hope with them. You know, I think sometimes what happens is no matter what we're going through in our lives, if we have tunnel vision, we're only living in the here and now, then everything that's happening, whether it's good or bad, this seems like the way it's always going to be. And I think there's times that you have to just help people step back and look around them and, and realize that that everything changes. And, and one of the greatest comforts that I've taken in my life and something I've been able to share with other people is your situation is subject to change. Nothing ever stays the same, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, and so whatever you're going through right now, it's not going to be that way forever, and it certainly doesn't define you. And if you don't feel okay, and even if you're in a position of leadership or if you're not, it's okay to not feel okay. But talk to somebody and let them know. I still think that we, you know, sometimes as a man, you know, as a man, you can feel like it's a sign of weakness to go to another person and say, man, I'm going through this right now and here's what I'm feeling. And I'm telling you right now, we've got to let our guard down and we've got to listen to each other. And when we do this, just do it without accusing anybody of anything. Just do it just completely defenseless, just listening to what they're going through and, and let them talk through it. And then just try to offer them some hope. There are resources out there as well. So let's talk about a little bit of those resources. So uh, hypothetically, um, uh, we run into a situation where uh, these these loved ones are close to doing that, or have even attempted. Where where's a good place for someone to even start to to find resources or people to go to to help them in in this situation with for a friend or a colleague or a boss or or owner of their company? Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention pr- provides a number of resources. Um, the website is afsp.org. Again, it's afsp.org. Um, and as you know, there was a, there was a song out recently about the, the crisis line, 1-800-273-8255. One of the really neat initiatives that the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has been working on, and one of the things we've been talking to our elected officials about, is is changing that number to a three-digit number so that it's a lot easier for people to be able to reach out and get the help they oh, need. Um, but that's one of the things we've been able to do. Um, we've been able to meet with folks in D.C. Um, the president actually just signed some legislation, so it's just a matter of time before we can get this in place. Um, and, and we've got to support behind it, and that's appreciated. But AFSP.org has a number of resources. I've actually been able to use those resources to help some, some friends of mine who have been struggling from time to time with certain things. And it's and from a number of different perspectives. If it's you that's struggling or if you're needing to put it into the hands of a, of a loved one or a friend, um, you know, there, there are opportunities there where we can be a help to other people. Let's Let's switch gears here a little bit. So... We talked. I've talked a lot about if there's another person that we that we encounter um, that may be struggling or even having thoughts of, of suicide. What if it's us? So I, I think you touched a little bit uh, uh, a little bit about that. Um, I'm I've kind I've <laughs> I see a lot of people that have an identity and in what they do. I'm uh, I'm this I'm that, and not really think about the things that they do. But when that fails, um, it's like they failed as a person. Okay, um, I've had friends at this at this 
age that I'm at, this 40 to 50 age that have been VP of big corporations or presidents of big corporations and suddenly their world is turned upside down and they don't know who they are anymore. You know, athletes that can't compete anymore at the level that they were and then they were like I was an NFL player. But, you know, how, what, if you can touch base a little bit, talk a little bit more about that it's not, you know, there's a difference between what you do and who you are. Yeah. I think there's so much to that, that, that we are, we are not our jobs. We are not our careers. Uh, we are not, uh, that, that last game that we played where maybe we didn't perform as well. You know, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a son, you're a wife, you're a sister, you're a mother, you have value, you have worth. When I think today about my brother and how I wish he was here, I only think of him as my brother. That was the value he had to me. That's what he meant to me. That's what defined him in my eyes was, was being my brother. I, I think that that sometimes we put pressure on ourselves and when things go wrong in our jobs or in our lives, we feel like we've let so many people down. It's easy to lose sight of the big picture of what we mean. You know, to my family, to, to my daughter and to my son, I'm their dad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not enterprise. I'm, I'm their dad. To my wife, I'm her husband. And so if things, you know, if there's a challenge in my life and something I'm going through, it does not change who I am. And, and what you do does not define who you are. And if you wrap your sense of self-worth up and into things that you do, into your pursuits, then when those things take a turn, and they always do, then you're going to feel like your life is meaningless. So just try to understand and separate the two things. What you do and, and, and who you are are two separate buckets of life. And understand that it does not impact the person that you are. And there are people that rely on you, that need you, that are counting on you. And you have value, you have worth, and you have a purpose. And it isn't defined by when you get up in the morning, that place that you go to. You know, we're thankful for our jobs. We're thankful for our careers. But at the end of the day, where do you get your most value from and your most meaning from? For me personally, it's when I walk through that door in the evening and I see my family. That's, that's what defines me. That's what brings me true joy because I know that doesn't change. But my circumstances outside of that are going to change. But understand and take comfort in the fact that if you're going through a hard time right now and maybe you're in a challenge and maybe you're listening to this right now and you, and you have a business and your business has taken a, a, a turn in the wrong direction and things are challenging for you, understand that it's not going to stay that way. Don't get lost in the moment. Don't get lost in the here and now and lose sight and lose perspective, number one, of who you are, but number two, of the fact that those circumstances are going to change. It hasn't always been that way, so it's not going to always stay that way. It's funny when you say circumstances, and you know, you and I have been very, very lucky, blessed, uh, and we're thankful for having great family support, having great spouses. Um, I'm on double digit years, you're on double digit years as far as finding, uh, you know, phenomenal wives that haven't kicked us out yet. But let's be realistic that if you put all your identity in that as well, um, you can't control. A spouse, a husband, or a wife, and that may be the cause of your of your depression, like we, like our friend had that, that we used to work with, that uh, ended his life after a terrible, you know, separation and divorce. So even that could change and cause you to um, ca- cause you to question life. 
Absolutely. There's our relationships with other people mean everything. And, and those relationships that you have with other people, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, those are the things that help sustain you. You know, for me personally, uh, it's my relationship with God as well. Those things sustain me, my faith, my family, those things sustain me. And, and when things go wrong and, and when things in your life feel uncertain, what do you do? You want to grab the things that are the most certain. That's why it's important that you cultivate your relationships with your family and your friends, because those are the people that you're going to need when things go wrong. And and when those things aren't there, and when you wrap up everything and you wrap up your self-worth into, into, into just your job and what you're doing, then, then you don't really have a lot to cling to when things go wrong. You've got to have that. Those relationships are critical. You know, it's always said, you know, some things are easier said than done. I mean, that's typically was said. And, and it's difficult I, if someone is in the situation with a, with a possible mental illness, considering suicide, or even having thoughts of that for them just to say, okay, just change your, you know, change your thoughts and, and change your purpose and, and things of that nature. I mean, do you know of any... I know there's there's places to go to, but do you recommend or know of anything of people doing like different exercises or activities that help them, you know, kind of get a grasp on on, on things? I know for me personally, I, it sounds simple, but I found a lot of joy in in running. You know, find an activity that you like to do that kind of gives you perspective. I'll tell you a little bit about how, why I enjoy running and what that means to me. There's a lot of things in my life that happen that I can't control, but I can control my run. I can control getting out by myself, just me and the road and going for a good run. And when I'm on that run, it allows me to get perspective. It allows me to start recharging my batteries. It allows me to think about the things that are really important. I don't spend a whole lot of time on my run thinking about my job. I don't spend a whole lot of time on, on, on my run thinking about no, my numbers. What I start doing is I start getting grounded back into what's really important. And I think if you can find something like that, you know, take a walk, get outside, you know, exercise, um, you know, if, if it's lifting weights for you, find a passion, find something that you find joy in. That number one, it gives you perspective and, 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 it, and it allows you to step back and look at, hey, these things that I stress about and that I'm worrying about every day, they're, they're not really as big as what they seem. And, and I think that there's a lot to that. And I believe that, that something like that, you know, exercise even can help your mental health. I absolutely believe that. What are... Um before we let you go, Scott, is there anything else or thoughts that you had? You know, I know you're preparing for uh, a big uh, event today in, in suicide prevention, uh, a, a su- uh, anti-suicide walk, and things of that nature. And you've been involved with on the on the government uh, level with with uh, with uh, you know with working with uh, representatives and things of that nature. Any other thoughts in regards to uh, suicide prevention? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the time to be able to talk to your listeners and to be able to share my heart with you. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned um, talking to elected officials. You know, suicide's a bipartisan issue, and we live in a in a very um, <laughs> a, a very divided time right now. And and and, I, and you know, when I go to this walk here shortly, guess what? I'm going to be walking with Democrats, Republicans, conservatives 
liberals, progressives, uh, Filipinos. <laughs> Filipinos, you're welcome anytime. But but no, I, I'm I'm gonna be, you know walking with people who who they don't believe the same way I necessarily do. They don't do the same things I do. But guess what? We come together as a community on common ground, and that common ground is suicide prevention and providing hope to other people. And I think that that is very very important for all of your listeners to understand and remember, don't allow the things, the voices um, on television and on the radio to to allow you to focus on what divides us. Think about the things that unite us. Think about the common ground. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you might vote a different way than I do, but we're still human beings and we still have the same emotions. We still have the same feelings. And, and it's rewarding when you do things like um, try to talk about public policies and things like that with elected officials that I can talk to a Democrat, I can talk to a Republican, I can talk to an independent, and they all agree that this is important. That shows me that you can find common ground with people about suicide prevention, but you can find common ground with people on anything, but it involves taking the time to engage them, talk to them, but more than that, listen to them and find out what's important to them. And, and when we listen to each other and when we talk to each other, we'll find out that we're about more than how we vote. We're about more than where we work. We're about more than our job. We're about more than so much of these things that maybe we don't always see eye to eye on. And at the end of the day, we're human beings and we all have feelings. We're all flesh and blood. We all have needs and it's okay to not feel okay, but talk to somebody. It's not a sign of weakness to admit that you need help. People love you and they want to help you. Um, If there's ever anything that I can do, I would certainly be glad to do that as well. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm working through AFSP.org, uh, and we have a number of resources that could be a help to you. But um, anything I can do to help, I appreciate. And, and Mel, thank you so much for allowing me to share my heart today with your listeners. Scott, I was almost going to let you go, but something just hit me. And, and, and you and I are uh, seasoned in life, you know. Uh, what are you saying? <laughs> wife and 2.3 children and uh, – uh, in our careers uh, and things of that nature, it. I want to get your opinion on something. We, I see that there is a generation of young people, and I know that you and I both have a very deep heart for young people. Yes. You know that they're coming through, um, the, leaving high school, going into college, or going into things, and and. Um, there used to be a timeline to succeed in things, okay? But now that timeline is is very short. Now it's 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 what I call the the microwave generation, where things happen overnight. Okay, you go from playing high school basketball and you just bypass college, and you you're starting to get multi million dollar contracts before I mean before you, you I mean I mean before you. I mean, you don't even go to college, you know. You're the the Ball family, and and even going back to you know all the folks that didn't even go to college. That's happening in entrepreneurship too. You have you know 16, 17, 18 year olds coming up with tremendous tech ideas, uh, building Facebook in their dorm rooms, building Snapchat, Instagram, becoming YouTube or Instagram influencers, influencers, and now making six-figure incomes just from being an influencer on these places it just seems that that there is a entity or a pressure to be overnight sensations 
um, and then and putting the put. Uh, now I give a lot of credit for those who are who are disciplined and really working hard towards that, but. It just seems that there's not a lot of patience anymore that, you know, for some it takes overnight, but but for most of us, it takes time before someone puts that tremendous pressure on themselves. What is there a message that you would give to those young people right now? I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, on another subject, and that is. I think too often we live in the here and now. I think too often we're, we're only thinking about today and, and what's going on today. But I think there's something to be said for planning uh, for the long haul and, and, and planning for, for, for things that can happen down the road and, and not wrapping yourself up into everything into the here and now, but understanding that things change. I will tell you from a business standpoint that the most successful people that I've seen in business and the most successful people that I've seen um, in coaching, because I, I admire a lot of coaches, are those that are able to adapt. And in order to be able to adapt, you have to be able to listen, you have to be flexible, you have to be willing to change, and you have to be willing to accept criticism. And when you're able to do those things, um, to me, those aren't things that you just do in the here and now. Those are things that all take place over time. And when you talk about um, you know, being successful over the long haul, I think that those are, those are critical aspects to consider. But it, it's... Things do take time, and and if if everything comes at you fast and furious, and and it's over before you know it, understand that there's other things that can happen. There's you know that that you have a long road ahead, and things can change, and things can get better. But uh, there's definitely something to be said for for folks that prepare not just for the here and now, but for down the road as well. Scott Davison, uh, my uh, my friend, my brother of another mother. Um, you know, uh, we've uh, we've done a lot of things together. We've took a lot of journeys. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you. Nothing but love to you and your family, and and thank you so much to your to your listeners for 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 uh, being a part of this today as well. And I you know, I appreciate you so much, and wish you nothing but the best. When we can have a time where we Scott and I can get together and tell you some uh, war stories and some <laughs> funny stories, which should have been a reality show, by the way, uh, we'll we'll say that for another episode of when we used to work together and and all the uh, uh, craziness that happened there, Scott. You know, sometimes sometimes folks just want to reach out to a voice that they just heard. If they want to reach out to you, what, you know, where can they find you and maybe? maybe get some words of encouragement or some you know direction of what they should do whether it's a family member that's struggling with suicide uh, uh, or themselves um, I know that you gave you know some some resources but if they wanted to send you a message are, are you on social media I you know Instagram Facebook LinkedIn where, where can they find you yeah you can find me on Facebook I'm absolutely there I, I do a do you, lot do of you do Twitter I, I do the Twitter here and there. I do a, I do a lot of the Instagram as well. Um, uh, but it's Scott Davison, S-C-O-T-T-D-A-V-I-S-S-O-N on Instagram. It's the Scott Davison. But, uh, again, like the Ohio State, <laughs> the Scott Davison. Okay. Yeah, the Scott Davison, S-C-O-T-T-D-A-V-I-S-S-O-N. I always tell people it's just like the Davison Brothers Band, only I can't sing at all. But um, I would certainly be glad to be a help to your listeners. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> he's that he's that Davison brother, like like Eddie Murphy was on the like the Fifth Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He wrote that song. It was supposed to be I love. 
she loves you, man. So, <laughs> I know my place. I know my worth. Exactly. But back on serious. Yes, if you want to reach out to Scott, um, of course, you can find him on Instagram. Great way to send him a direct message. And I know he'd be happy to uh, direct you to uh, local resources or national resources that you can talk to. Um, of course, you can always reach me and I can also send a message to Scott. Uh, all my contact information is uh, at the bottom of this uh, this script uh, that you can find here on the on my link. You can always send me a message and then I can get a hold of Scott and we can help you. Guys, keep looking up. Um, you know, life's a roller coaster. You got ups and downs. It's always going to be like that. Um, you know, there are people that do care about you, even though it sometimes it feels like nobody does. Um, and don't be ashamed or fear reaching out. I guess is that is that good, Scott? Yeah, That's I mean, perfect, yes. I mean, no, it's a, I know it's a tough world, and we're we're always got this idea that. You know, hey, well, I can take care of this on my own, but it, it doesn't hurt to to find those people to talk to, and uh, I think a big a big thing here, Scott, was also stay active. Yes. You know, stay active. It helps take you to a different place to get a better perspective on things. If it's if it's running, if it's lifting weights, uh, there's also you know there's also aspects of having good physical activity that 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 I think that links it to you know that helps with you know with suicide suicidal tendencies so I've, I've heard that before too so stay active and uh and if you ever need anything reach out to us uh anything else scott yeah i just wanted to add just when it comes to how you live your life one of the things that's really helped me is understanding that there are no insignificant moments every moment in your life is significant and some of the most important and most valuable and meaningful moments that you'll ever have are those ones that are seemingly insignificant. And when you can't experience those with a loved one anymore, you know, whether it's a dinner together, whether it's a holiday, you know, whether it's an event like that, um, you know, those things that sometimes we take for granted from day to day, those things that we call drudgeries, a lot of times those are the most high impact and most meaningful things that you'll ever have in your life. So appreciate every day and see it as a gift and don't believe that there are any insignificant moments because they all mean something guys basement billionaire i'm your host mel mendoza we thank scotty davison who i affectionately call scotty d uh for for being on the show and uh we'll catch you on the next episode some great ones coming up uh thanks again and uh we'll talk to you later